Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Q&A Quest, where we answer your random questions, your uh, rants. I don't think we've had any rants yet, thankfully. And Give it time. Give it time. Whatever else you send us in. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Michael Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always, you get to say your own name this time. Oh wait, I get to say my name? What? Yes, you do. David Bernie, this is the thing I do sometimes. <laughs> Which is to say every time. Yes. So, it seems that people liked the really long episode. I'm not sure what to take from that. I don't think that the two of us alone can sustain that as the thing. Probably not. So, I think what we're going to have to do is, when we have guests, a guest or guests, just let things go crazy. And when it's just us two, we have to not go on to random random As offshoots out, of topics two of us by ourselves when left to our own devices we'll just talk about the same things for like seven hours so. yes yeah it's not good it's not good we gotta keep ourselves under control yeah the things we have planned for this episode will involve us reining in our basis desires to just <laughs> things for eight hours yes and on that note we have not one but two questions about monster hunter uh, yes. testing wheels resolve. Yes, I'm going, and I promise to just stick to exactly what this person is asking and not go into other random Monster Hunter-related things. So, both these questions are from forum member TechSide, and the first one is... I'm planning to get Monster Hunter 4 to celebrate the end of the semester, First, I only have my original 3DS, no giant screen, and no silly name control nub extra CPU power. Is Monster Hunter 4 reasonably friendly for me? It'll be a, a it'll be a bit, if ever, before I get a new 3DS. Uh, so, have you? Do you play without the CirclePad Pro or anything like that? I don't, but I when I when they first put up the demos for three ultimate, and I'm led to believe that the interface is quite similar for four ultimate. Yeah, uh, I did play a bit that way, and it's about as friendly as Monster Hunter's ever been in terms of controls. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit better than the PSP. It's just the the the, the placement of the the circle pad and the D pad are a little bit better. Uh, it's also that you've got the virtual D-pad on the touch screen that you can use to manipulate. Yeah, the well. you can you can also use that. But uh, see, I want a different perspective on this because I've honestly kind of just gotten used to mostly using the L button, which will center the camera in front of you. So I kind of use that as most of my camera control, and you know I'll just move my thumb down to the D-pad whenever I need some more direct camera control, which works okay for me, and it's not going to work great for some of the weapons, which I'll, I'll talk about briefly. When we get to that. <laughs> yeah, which I'll talk about briefly because the next question relates to that. Um, and a lot of it could just be preference. Like, if you want complete control of the camera all the time, Monster Hunter 4 is probably going to drive you nuts. Um, but the the other thing to remember is that Monster Hunter is made by a development team that understands that the camera it's, has always been sort of a bugbear for the series, yes. and that they can't rely on the, a second stick. So the game's camera, like having a just center it behind me button, kind of will do enough if you can just keep a decent eye on where the monster is. Yeah. So because uh, the environments are nice and wide, so it's not like it's getting caught on things. No. And the difficulty, at least early on, is pretty well balanced, so you kind of have some leeway to work with while you're getting the, getting the hang of things. Uh, but it could just be a preference thing. Like I said, it might you might just not like playing with controls like that. Uh, it, Isn't there a 4 Ultimate demo? There is, I think, maybe? Maybe, maybe download that. If yeah. not, there should still be a 3 Ultimate demo, and the controls are pretty identical. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure there is, because I think they had, like, the uh, they sent out codes for it first before. It was oh yeah, I available. remember that. Yeah, so th- that should still be there. It's not. A, I don't think it's a great demo for someone new to the series, but he, at least you can just kind of see. You what, can what the controls at least are see like. what the controls are going to be like. Yeah, uh, four at least has the benefit of no underwater levels. Uh, yeah. Which like are that terrible. was the biggest headache for. Yeah. Three, cause it's like oh. 
this this really cannot work without a second axes of control. And they really didn't work all that well, even when you had that that yeah. second thumbstick. They just it weren't were but, not a but great we're, idea. We're getting off subject. Yeah, right. You are correct. So um, I honestly mostly play it not on my new 3DS because I still have my old one, which I kind of you know bring random places. So I play Monster Hunter a lot on that, and it works fine for me. So. It's definitely playable. It, it's just going to be a preference thing on whether or not you can do it. Um, and you know, if you're still interested, I would. You could get a Circle Pad Pro. You know, it's it's not that bad to use it like that. I don't really like the Circle Pad Pro, but you know, it might work for you. A lot of people have no problems using it, so that is always an option if you can't just play without it. But moving on to the next part of the question. Yes, yeah, so the, the second question, kind of in the same vein, is. For a brand new Monster Hunter player who has never done a game in the series or a clone, what kind of weapons should I look into starting with? Um, so, for starters, and this goes back into the camera controls, you want to avoid the guns. Uh, it might be tempting, but those those are intended for advanced players, and I think you actually, when you're doing aiming, you're using just the standard circle pad, so not having a second one isn't really an issue, but just stay away from those, because there's there's a lot to them. It's not it's not just, you, you may think it's just you're running around shooting with a gun, Point it's, click. it's <laughs> definitely not that. You have to deal with different bullet types, uh, you're, and the amount you have on hand. Yep. Uh, what the different bullet types do... And you're really not running and shooting. You're generally gonna stay in one spot and shoot. And yeah, like like we, instead of just caveats, let's just say what is a good weapon to yes, start with. Yes, that's true. It's, I could go on forever, which aren't good ones. Uh, so generally, I'd say uh, anything with anything with a shield is a good place to start. So Be- like. Was that one the switch axe has a shield? I think no. This the switch axe just just switches between like a great sword and. I swear there was one that had like that was like a weird thing that's not a sword and shield, but like switches modes. Not a sword and shield. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's the switch axe. It just doesn't have a block. Oh, I could have sworn it did. No. Um. So kind of the base one is the the sword and shield. Uh, but it doesn't. The problem with that is it doesn't really have a high damage output. So when you're kind of learning the game and not getting in, a, maybe not getting in a it's lot of hits. It's less than thrilling to use. Yes, it's also less than thrilling to use. Um, for, I, I just sort of picked up the dual swords. Those were kind of fun. Yeah, uh, the one I found the best, and it's actually the weapon that got me into the series, is the gun lance, um, because it's got it's got a lot of offensive power. It uh, so it's kind of like a lance, but it's got a secondary attacks where you kind of just fire off these little shells, close range, uh, but like do some extra damage. And you can actually block and move forward and attack from behind your shield. So you have the security, you have that security, um, and you, you also so have... so much about how you play Dark Souls. <laughs> you have that security, and you also have that high higher attack power, so you can deal a lot of damage. It's got some good combos, it's got a cool super attack. Uh, it's really fun to play, and definitely, I think it's a good place for a beginner to start. Otherwise, um, just find something that feels good. <laughs> yeah, just honestly, just try them all. If, you, if blocking isn't really your thing... Because like, the, the game is going to give you like a basic example of every weapon type. Yeah. Um, if blocking is really your thing and you want just something to move around with quickly, you could try the uh, the new weapon, the Insect Glaive, um, which is like a, a... I don't know if I want to call it a staff. It's, it's, it's a glaive, okay. But some people not might not have any idea what a glaive is. It's like a staff with a, a blade. We live, with, we live in the era of Google. They can figure it out. That's true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that that one has a lot of mobility. It's got a, a vaulting attack, where you can just like jump, leap up in the air, and jump down on enemies. It's a lot of fun. It does it does require you to con- to kind of like use the shooting mode to mark enemies and uh, to send out this little insect that'll uh, extract extract things from the the monsters. Which it basically is. Uh, various buffs. 
but you don't really I feel like I feel like with every minute this question goes on, we become closer and closer to becoming the monster hunter hunter equivalent of car talk. It's true. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off in midstream. It's but... all right. Uh, so yeah, that has a shooting mode, but you can kind of stand still and use it, and you can also use it like in the middle of a uh, close range attack. So you don't really need the the second the second thumbstick there. So uh, really just, just try everything. If you want something with a lot of defense, Gun Lance is a good place to start. Uh, sword and Shield is probably bad, and avoid the guns. I think that kind of covers everything. Pretty much. Um, I don't really like the Lance as well. I feel bad. I think it's kind of weird. I feel bad uh, interrupting you. I just, I know that if you, if I don't, Yes. It's just going to keep going. All right, let's move on, because otherwise... You'll yeah. pay me back in kind later. Yes. And, uh, you know, if you have any further questions, send another question along, and we'll spend time on another episode talking some more. Okay, moving on to our next question. I promise this one is not Monster Hunter related, but it will probably lead to me talking too long. Um, why? Uh, who wrote this in? I think this was Phillips. Um... Usually if, the ones we don't label are low. Yeah, if we don't have another name, I think all yours are low whoops. So yeah, it, it's just easier to label what isn't low whoops because he's gotten so many questions for us, which we appreciate. Yes, we absolutely do. So keep sending them in. Okay. Uh, low whoops asks, why don't we see more RPGs with quality sprite work instead of retro 8-bit stuff? Final Fantasy VI is retro. Lunar games are retro. So many high-quality older RPGs just look better than what is being uh, marketed as retro graphics. It just strikes me as odd. The game bringing this thought up is Cosmic Star Heroine by Z. Boyd. And I feel like there's a couple of questions in here, and the, <laughs> and of course there's a couple of answers in, in here. Yes. Uh, so, like, the, re the reason you don't see uh, games that have like the sheer level of sprite artistry of something like uh you know an old lunar or final fantasy is that those had teams of people who made it their job over the course of years and years yeah like you know someone you know it's a skill set that you know built up like technical limitations mean that you know sprites on NES tended to look worse than SNES sprites but like you know even on the NES and SNES you could see sprites that were you know, not as high quality because you know they were made by people that didn't know how to do them as well. Yeah. It's it's an art form like anything else. It's just it's one with kind of a limited like you're working with a lot more limitations than a lot of other live art forms. Yeah. And Z Boyd, I think their game's been getting better as yeah, they like go I along. Think and that's Cosmic Star Heroine looks better than like you know Penny Arcade, which looked better than Cthulhu Who Saves the World, which looked better than Breath of Death. And it, like they're improving. I'm sure they have helped besides the two main guys, but yeah, that's still a smaller team than yeah, even than Final Fantasy Six. Yeah, just just go back yeah, that, and that team was probably you know about fifteen members. So. Yeah, just go back and look at the credits for Final Fantasy Six. It's a it's a sizable team. Yeah, so it's you know, and it's it's also just budget. Like you know, yeah. moving away from to the other like tacit implication of the question is like. Why don't we see higher quality 2D art production in general? And it's just like 2D is expensive. Yeah. Like not not inherently like it's just the way that 2D art versus 3D art scales, where like 2D art has kind of a set cost, and it doesn't it can't go down just because you're making a bunch more of it. In in, in fact, the more of it you make, the more expensive it tends to get. Mm -hmm. Whereas like with 3D art, it's you know. The more you're making of it, the cheaper it gets to make. Because, like, you rig up a model and, you know, you can make all sorts of custom animations that that thing does, and it's like, you aren't having to redraw these fancy things or, like, worry as much about what the perspective is, because the perspective for a 3D model is going to all be in the camera rather than, like, oh, how do I draw this in this situation? It's different. It's a different skill set, and it's one that, like, it scales up if you want really pretty 2D games, like, I'm going to toot this horn a lot throughout the lifetime of this podcast, go look up uh, second Super Robot Wars original generation for the PS3 if you want to see really, like, high-quality 2D art in a, like, next-gen game, or at yeah. least current-gen, I should say. Those are some good-looking games. 
Like, like Super Robot Wars on PS3 as a whole are gorgeous, but like the high watermark is second second original generation, which is just absurd. Yeah, they clearly blew a ton of budget on 2D art, and it's kind of just like go, <laughs> looking up YouTube videos of random characters' attacks is something that I will sometimes find myself doing on that. So <laughs> that's my recommendation if you want to see like really high quality 2D art in a modern game. Yeah, I, I think a good example outside of, of something like Vanillaware. <laughs> <laughs> I think a good example of how uh, of this exact thing might be if you look at the Etrian Odyssey series, jumping from the old uh, the old art to the new like computer generated art. Uh, yeah. Obviously, a lot more animation, and I I highly doubt there's been any like huge increase in team size but, or anything like that. The magic button has gone slightly up because oh, for sure, yeah, for but, sure. But, but it, it, it's just a scale. Like, it's just the economics of the thing. Like, yeah. I remember, like, to, to think about how 2D animation scales, uh, the very first uh, feature animation, you know, motion picture frickin' animated film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, like, Disney, you know, was used to budgeting about $25,000 at the time for each uh, animated short that he did. And he was he reasoned that oh well since snow white's going to be about you know 5 to 10 times longer it needs about 5 to 10 times the budget so he budgeted $250,000 and that movie ended up costing him 1 and a half million dollars to make yikes like it's just how 2D budget scales it it tends to go up the more that you need to spend like the more that you need to make like it, traditionally you know we you, you, the assumption is the more of something you need to make you can bring down the cost as you make more but it, it scales the opposite of that <laughs> yeah so i mean there are more tools these days for making 2d art but it's it, it's, it's still so... like it's a specific skill set and it's got a lot of like yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not a perfect comparison, but it's like that's just sort of how 2D works yeah. as a general. But at least look on the bright side; it's still around. People are still interested in it. And, and I, there's I, always, you know, that niche like like Vanillaware or like the Super Robot Wars games yeah. I was just mentioning that, like, you know, there is an understanding that there is a love for this kind of art that hasn't diminished or gone away. The Rayman, and even the Rayman those smaller games. productions, as we mentioned, like Z-Boyd, is getting better at them. Yeah. And, you know, just look at the Rayman games and what they use that same engine for with uh, Child of Light. Child of Light. Yeah, so um, there, there's, you know, there's there's more, and if they keep, keep being popular, I think uh, more money might be pumped into it, and you might see the uh, the more refined games you're looking for. Yeah, and if not, like, there's still clearly a comfortable enough niche that companies will keep making these sorts of things. Yeah, so I think that's that's about it. Alright, shall we move on? Alright, so our next question is uh, in pretty general, so we're kind of going to not go too crazy with it, but it's this one's from False Logic, someone who used to write into the mailbag all the time. And he still does. Cause he still does, yes. A question from him about like at least once a week. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate it. And it is, what RPGs coming out this year are you most excited about? Uh, and it, we've we've decided to cap ourselves at three apiece. Yes, because as you there, very well... There could be a lot of things yeah, on this list. There are a lot of RPGs coming out, as there generally are, so uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go ahead. So this is thanks to the game I'm currently working on, to review, and I'm guessing it's on your list too, and that is <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles X. Oh. Yes. That game looks fantastic. Yes, it does. So, uh, I had trouble getting into the original release of Xenoblade back in the day, I, and looking at the game now, I can kind of see that the beginning's a little eh. It's a slow beginning. Yeah. So being forced to play through that beginning, I discovered that, oh my god, this is a good game. Uh, yeah, now we're getting a sequel. Yes. Uh, so, huge open world robots. Uh, is this actually a storyline sequel to the original? It's supposed to just be a thematic one, but people have seen Nippon in trailers, so... Interesting. Well, we'll, f we'll see. 
certainly you can you can be part of the crew that starts up Neo Los Angeles. <laughs> That's actually the plot. I'm okay with this. I am okay with Neo Los Angeles. Where you're, from, you're an American now. Yes. Uh, so not only is this fill a nice kind of lack of a good RPG on the Wii U, but although they are trying to fill that themselves again. Yes. That's probably not this year. But this is. Is, is there anything else coming out? Anything like this? Huge open like, world sci-fi robots? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> uh, so while I have some, do have some issues with the original Xenoblade, uh, you can definitely see how good this developer has gotten, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, it's it's such a strange, such a stark contrast from like Xenosaga, like which was you know infamous for whether you loved it or hated it, you were going to spend a lot of time with the game telling you about what it's doing and going down a corridor. And and the original Xenoblade just hey can wander off all kinds of places, uh, cutscenes. Please do wander off. Yes, put please as do. Few roadblocks in the way of wandering off as possible. Yep, and cutscenes are generally not super long, at least from my experience. Characters partially helps it now that it's a handheld title. Yes, and there's there's lots of like random dialogue in battle. I'm really feeling uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's Daddy Pon, who's the best character. Yeah, clearly. we shouldn't we shouldn't focus too much on what's already out. We yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so right. yeah. Flying around with giant robots with that cool Xenoblade battle system. And that gorgeous soundtrack. Yeah, just, just that battle system, which I can see from screenshots, seems to be strongly it's present here, is a very nice mix of real-time and turn-based, carefully picking your actions. Close to Final Fantasy XII, but different since you're not controlling every character yeah, in the party. Yeah, it's, it's more directly hands-on. Is, is that the same in the new one? Uh, as far as we can tell, like the things we've, they've shown look like they have like action bars with cooldowns and all that. So yeah, yeah. It seems to largely be the same. Excellent. Well, uh, that one should be very interesting. That's, so that's uh, on both of our lists. So yes. So <laughs> so that's one down each. And by the time this show goes out, Nintendo is direct on this. U.S. direct. Yes. Which I'm thinking has a release date. Probably seems likely. Or le- release window at least. Yeah. Because the game it, the game is out in Japan, so. I thought it. Did or it, it is, is it, it out or does it come out at the end of the month? Uh, I think it's out. I could be wrong. Oh wait, I think it came out on like the twentieth. Yeah, I think so. All right. What's your second game, Wheels? Uh, my second game would have to be Devil Survivor Two. Break record, record break record breaker. Record breaker. It's break record in Japan, and we've known it as that for like two years, so it's hard to get used to calling yeah. it record breaker. <laughs> uh, so the original, which I beat a long time ago at this point, since this was taking a long time to come out, uh, it was originally supposed to tie in with the anime that came out in like the summer of 2012. Yeah, that that did get a dub and got released here. Uh, I'm not even sure when that came out. It now has tie-ins to an anime that's not even Shin Mikami Tensei. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is a... Like the first one, it's a, a mix of Shin Mikami Tensei's uh, combat mixed with a strategy RPG, which is pretty cool. The second one... And with a leavening of, like, Persona-style, like, uh, pseudo-S-links in the yeah, second one. Yeah, kind of simplified, but it's in there, and uh, depending on what you do, some of these... affects the ending. Yeah, and some of the characters can even die. Like, like one of my biggest memories of the, the original release was I kept seeing somebody in a forum with an avatar that, it as it turns it, out... It had was, the same art style. Yeah, as it turns out, with some character that had died, like, shortly before shortly after they showed up in the story on me because I, I didn't do something, so... 
Yeah, the... yeah, they've got a lot of like both Devil Survivors have an incredible amount of replay value. Apparently, Record Breaker, if you've already played the original, has a gigantic epilogue scenario, which is part yep. of why this game has taken so long to happen. Supposedly as big as the original game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you're basically getting Devil Survivor three along yeah. with the Devil Survivor two. <laughs> and uh, Devil Survivor two is a little interesting as far as story goes, kind of going away from. Uh, the original... Trying to find a way to describe this to spoiler, Yeah. Right? Well, uh, the best way I can say it is the original went with kind of biblical-related storyline themes. Is that a good way to describe it? I don't know if you know yeah, the storyline to the original. There's a, there's a lot of Bible in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the second one goes with something a little more sci-fi-ish and original. And yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't really want to spoil anything. Yeah. But it's kind of got its own feel. But with the mythological illusions, you'd expect yeah. from it. Yeah, and, a, and the usual demons, and, and it's, I think it's got, like, all the ones from the original. Uh, yeah. Nice reuse of... Yeah, nice reuse of those assets. Um, not a huge bunch of gameplay changes from the original, but an, just enough, so uh, this update should be really cool. Uh, yeah. And the addition of voice acting will be nice. Yeah. The original DS one obviously didn't have that. So yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to playing that, and that's actually coming out in, was it like two weeks now? Yeah, it's not. First week of May, yeah. So I will definitely be playing that. It'll also be easier to get hold of than the DS version, because it'll be on the eShop. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so what's the next one on your list? I was gonna I was gonna stay on, uh, on SMT, and I'm being optimistic here, because I'm still hoping we get personified this year. Ah, yes. Is that slated for Japan this year? Yeah, it's slated okay. for Japan this year, and I think it still technically might be slated for here this year, but I don't expect that slating to stay until, you know, we get more information on it. But <laughs> Well, we did get SMT4, like, right after the Japanese Yeah, race, right? we were, like, two months out. So, the, uh, so they might be doing kind of the same thing, doing the localization alongside the development. Yeah, like, it wouldn't surprise me because Persona is the biggest brand in every territory for Shin Megami Tensei, so... Yeah. Like, if they're gonna do the, like, quick get, like, get on this, make this priority, it's gonna be that. And, you know, I stayed up till 4am one night, like, I... To, to watch the trailer that they've shown for it, and I spent the next hour and a half analyzing what they showed in the trailer and what implications it had for the game, so like, that should put in perspective how much this game interests me, and also hey, always fun to see, like a character who has a persona that, like, is a strange literary illusion rather than a mythological one. <laughs> it's like, oh, why not just have his persona be Arsene Lupin? Yeah, why not? It's pretty cool. Uh, I really like the style that they've shown yeah. in that game so far. It's, good. Yeah, it's, the, it's got some feel to it. Thief. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, def- so that's that's a, that was an obvious pick. That was kind of an easy at bat. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I would want to say I was a little bit worried that they just kind of do something sticking pretty close to Persona Four, but clearly they're not, and I don't I don't know why I would expect Atlas to do that. Just I, I know they're, they Atlas is careful about how they use their uh, brands. Yep. Uh, I would say maybe they're doing a little too much Etrian Odyssey, but. I'm buying them all, so apparently... It's, it's hard to say they're that they're doing working. it wrong, because you never stop buying them. Yes, it's like, well, I have this huge stack of dungeon crawling. Um, so how so yeah. how, uh, how far have you gotten into Mystery Dungeon Wheels? Uh, not, <laughs> not super far. Okay, but we don't want to go too far into the subject. What's your yeah. third? Well, on that same note, my third is actually a train... Oh, actually, I don't want to even know what the heck the official Etrian Untold Two Fafnir Knight is. Is that the official is that, title? Is it called Fafnir Knight? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was it, expecting you to say EO Five, but then again, we might not get it this year. Yeah, I didn't say EO Five because I wasn't sure about the release date, so I, I just went with two because I've played one, I beat one, so I wasn't really super interested in the remake of one. 
I yeah. will, I'll eventually play the story mode of that just because it's something a little different. But uh, I mean, it has it had to go to the bottom of the Etrian Odyssey stack uh, just because it was one that I had already played. But I haven't played through two because I actually got into the series late and had finished one just before three came out. So two kind of went by the wayside. So I think it'll be cool to just jump in with this remake. For the record, Atlas's official site refers to it as Etrian Odyssey 2 Untold, the Fafner Knight. Okay. So it's not interesting. Okay. <sighs> Complicated titles. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. The logo is not descriptive. Uh, but yeah. Fafner Knight. <laughs> it's EO2. EO2 was actually the first one I played, and it scared me away because it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick one up again until 4. Four is a pretty good jumping in. Four is a good starter place. Two yeah. is not because EO two in its yeah, original no. incarnation is EO one for super players. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it seemed like it was. I don't want to say an expansion pack for people who played the original one, but just like a, I don't know, a different take on the original one because since it did stick co- so close to it. But yeah, like even in terms of looks, it's from what I can tell, it's not different that much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, I'm also hoping they do. Although it's a bit ridiculous to be doing so many remakes so quick, I am hoping that this is going to lead to a remake of three, which I still think has the best selection of classes in the series. So we'll see. Etrian Odyssey Four Untold is going to be a uh, launch title for the Nintendo NX. <laughs> Uh, uh, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, but hey, these these dungeon crawlers are still better than all the other ones coming out. Quest yeah, heroes, yeah. your uh, demon gaze. Your... You would think more of them would try to ape Etrian Odyssey rather than Wizardry directly. You'd think. Uh, I mean, looking at let's not go too far. Into no. This. Uh, well, I was just gonna say demon gaze did some things to kind of make things move faster, but it didn't really remove a lot of the wizardry nonsense, and based based on what I've heard of the spiritual successor Tokyo something uh, it doesn't... Something? Tokyo Legacy? Tokyo... I don't keep my finger on the pulse of these, I just... Oh no, Operation Abyss. Uh, Oh, uh, Operation Abyss. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of... Maybe I guess I'm thinking of Tokyo Xanadu, I guess. Oh, man, Something Tokyo's in my brain. Can that come out to America, please? Exceed, if you're listening, please. <laughs> Sail away. It's like a dream together in Xanadu. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to decide on a third now. Uh, <laughs> there's no announced Super Robot Wars. FF15. Let's hope that comes out this year. That would be sweet. That was a fun demo. I think there's a decent chance it does, but I think there's just as decent a chance that it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's, the problem is it's kind of hard to tell because that demo we played was a demo from last year. Yeah, it's like it's fairly a vertical slice. Yeah, so we don't really we don't really have a good thing to look at that can tell us how far along. Yeah, they like are. I figure we'll know if it's if it gets a release date at Square's press conference at E3 that they've already announced. Then yeah. But if not, it's not coming this year. Because, uh, like, Tokyo Game Show is too late in the year for them to announce a release date at it. Um, there's, so, there's so many of these things, so many RPGs coming out this year, and I'm not sure what to put for a final game. The secret Dragon Quest Seven localization we keep praying for? It hurt me any more than oh, the fact sorry. that that doesn't exist already has. I know. Uh... Now I'm hurt. We're just going to say F of 15. Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. It's At this point, we don't know. I put so even money on it. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our next question. All right. So our next question um, will probably have us talking about a game we just talked about again a little bit. Let's but... talk about redundancies. Yes. Do you know of any mecha RPGs that are in the works for the West at all? <laughs> if not, which ones... Uh, which recent or upcoming releases would you like to see brought westward? Well, before we go... the That, Z- was, that was law whoops, as far as I can tell. Okay. <laughs> before we go the uh, obvious Xeno route again, uh, there was one that just came out 
for I believe Vita not too long ago. Download only title. I think it was from Natsume. I'm just trying to do a quick look for the name. Is this another innocent life? No, 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 no. No, it wasn't anything Harvest Mooney. It was, uh... What the heck was the name of this game? This is gonna drive me nuts. I don't know. Just search! Yeah. Look through the list of RPGs on Vita. I don't know. Yeah, that might be neat, I guess. Maybe? It was... Uh, from what I remember, it was like a uh, kind of Diablo-esque type action. Oh, well, I'm already out. Uh. Well, let's... Let, not. I don't know how close it was to Diablo. That's just my image yeah, of what yeah, the game looked yeah. like. It's like an action RPG uh, where you control mechs. So... Uh, I'm in favor of those. I believe... Uh, I think I think Alex reviewed it. And I think he gave it a 3 out of 5, if I'm aware. It's probably fine. Yeah, <laughs> so... It, it looked pretty cool. I think it's a $15 downloadable title. So there's that. And there's obviously Xenoblade. Oh. Yes. Not the original one. The new yeah, one. No, that that doesn't have a. It, you're you're on a giant robot, but it's like it's not really kind of the point. So. Yeah. But nope. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen a lot of mecha RPGs in the past little while. I mean, Front Mission's been dead for years at this point. Uh, yeah. Like my my obvious go-to choice for what ones do you want to see brought westward that are relatively recent would be like, hey, I know that you can never, ever, ever bring across the licensing nightmares that are like the Super Robot Wars Z games, but the original generation games have no licensing issues. Please bring them over. Please. We, we got two of those, and they were pretty cool. Yeah, and then we never got another one. We got like a weird spinoff, the uh, OG Saga Endless Frontier. Oh, but that's... Those games are weird. Yeah, they're, they're not. I'm really sorry. The one, the one we got was weird. Yeah, I know there's, there's, there's more a than one that we also didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I want second OG. Like, I'm, I'm trying not to be unreasonable in this demand, but did, I mean, did, did those games not sell well here, or was there anything like that? Or uh, okay, just... so this is this is all hearsay, all rumors that I heard. But the rumor that I heard was that OG one and two sold fine. Uh. Like, they sold well enough that Atlas was interested in bringing over their PS2 remake, and that ran afoul of Sony saying, yeah, you're not bringing this over unless it's got English voice acting. And Atlas oh. was like, that's not profitable. <laughs> like, if they could reuse large portions of the existing translation, because, you know, that remake has some changes, but yeah. the majority of the translation would have stayed the same. Uh, like if they could have reused that and they didn't have to provide new, they didn't have to pay for new voice acting, it would have done fine. But with those extra concerns, it became untenable, and they dropped it. And the next time they tried bringing in one over, it was Endless Frontier. It exceed, not exceed. It was just Endless Frontier, and that was a DS game at the height of DS piracy. Bad news. Which meant, which kind of killed. Uh, Super Robot Wars Stone Dead in the U.S. Thanks, Sony and Pirates. Yeah, like, Sony, as people will know, nowadays has acquiesced to the idea that, okay, you can release something that doesn't have a dub. But back in the PS2 era, I remember watching as Sega fought tooth and nail to release Yakuza 2 in the U.S. without a dub. <laughs> and it took the, like, it came out in, like, 2000, it was an early 2000, 2006 release in Japan and a 2008 release in the U.S. <laughs> wow. So uh, that that's, you know, I mean, that's kind it, of the issue that Atlas was facing. That's that's, that's that's like a game in Japan. If any game has a good case, if any game has a good case for not needing a dub, it's it's Yakuza. Yeah, especially because that that first. No, we're not going into this. Okay, right. uh, but yeah, like that's the the dream. The dream of something that is not completely unreasonable is second original generation, which if Namco was feeling... If Namco felt like it, they could do it. Because it would just be... There's a lot of text in there, but that's all there is. There's I, no... like I with, with something see like it. E, they would have to work out 
licensing with about 15 different companies, but with yeah. original generation, it's all internal. I, I could see it, because they seem to be doing a bit more. I mean, they did... They, did, they, they, they bring over weird stuff. Yeah, so they, like, they did I'd Tales of Hearts R. Try it at some point. Yeah, uh, they've done two... Well, they did one. They're doing two now projects X Zone games. Which Not is bizarre. only are they doing a second project Cross Zone, but it did better in the U.S. Did it? Yeah, like Cross Zone <laughs> one heck? did better in the U.S. than it did in Japan. Oh, that is weird. So, like, oh, hey, speaking of Super Robot Wars, one of the bonus characters in, uh, in Cross Zone was Sanger Zonvold, one of the main characters of the original generation games. <laughs> Well, leaves evil. <laughs> well, but yeah, that's the that's the dream mecha games. <laughs> I uh, I'm just gonna be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if they try one at some point. Yeah, it, well, it would have to be an original generation game, and that means it probably also have to be generation... probably also have to be not on the Vita. Just well, no, P- second original generation's a PS3 game. Okay. So like like they what they keep doing is that like the origin the Super Robot Wars games tend to come out on PS3 and Vita. Okay. So, yeah. Alright. And they also have to localize uh, God Eater 2, please. While they're I'm, I'm imagining Namco's E3 press conference just being Super Robot Wars and God Eater, and their stocks plummeting while you would be celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That would be awesome. That would be like the dream E3. <laughs> The weird dream E3. <laughs> the fever dream E3. Yes, there, that's perfect. The fever dream E3. But yeah, so that's uh, that's that's my dreams for mecha RPGs. I'm right. sorry, guys. I'm very one note. <laughs> yes, well, I, I see people talking about these on RP Gamer all the time, so I don't think you or I alone are in wanting Super Robot Wars in English. <laughs> Uh, Make it so! Come on, robots! I just, I just feel bad for my friend who's been waiting for like English matches for some of these games for over half a decade. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 the end of that question. Let's right. move on. Yes, let's move on. All right, our next question is from another forum member, Budai, 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 Budai. Budai? <laughs> I hope. I hope that's how it's pronounced. It's, it's probably? We'll okay. go with probably. All right. If, if that's not it, just let me know. Please, you can feel free to correct us. Yes. We're both idiots. All um, right. It's a simple question. The last RPG... I'm sorry. The last JRPG specifically you played with an excellent story. Um, which is fitting for me because I've played a bunch of recent ones with horrible stories. Yeah, you've been you've been really going through the grinder on those. Yeah. Uh, like excellent is weird because like you know it's it's a quality standard. It's I guess I guess what I mean by it being weird is that it's like it it's hard to say what excellent means rather than merely pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So why don't we why don't we pick something where kind of the characters and everything yeah, like, stayed with uh, us long like, afterwards. I feel like. Japanese RPGs tend to be all characters. Yeah. Uh, whereas plots oftentimes end up getting kind of muddled as they do in long fantasy works. Uh, like, whenever this question comes up, my first thought is Persona 4, but that's a yeah. pretty old game at this point. That was my first thought as well. <laughs> yeah, because, like, when you're thinking Japanese RPG with good characters, you think Persona 4. <laughs> yep. It's, it's true. It's kind of the gold standard by this point. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, there's there's other ones that I like, but, you know, like, uh, you know, even games I like, it's oftentimes, like, you know, I really like a lot of these characters, but this doesn't hang together that well, or, you know, like, it's that excellent descriptor that's holding me back, yeah. basically. I'm going to go with Shin Megami Tensei 4. Oh, that one, that one, like, I really like the way that the thematic tie-ups work in that. Like, yeah. Shin Megami... <laughs> and its spinoffs tend to, as a whole, deal a lot more in themes than a lot of, like, broader themes than a lot of uh, Japanese RPGs tend to. Well, that one had a really fun, uh, bad ending. <laughs> that depends upon which bad ending you're talking about. There's three of them. <laughs> uh, the one where you end existence. 
Yeah, that's 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 an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like uh, SMT four is another like, you know, because it like every SMT sort of has that sort of thematic going where it's you know law and chaos and like the way people function in society and all of that, but like four has a really good illustrative mechanism of with themes near the end of the game that I really enjoy. Yeah. And I think this is a this is a different case than what you know, what you said a lot of JRPGs have great characters, not necessarily a great plot, whereas I think this one is the opposite. Interesting plot, yeah, they, not necessarily great characters. Yeah, like uh in, in opposition to Persona, which is all about the characters well SMT four has more characters that do things in it. Like characters in uh, SMT uh, mainline tend to exist to illustrate a theme or uh, philosophical concept, mm. and less to act as a character or a person would. Yeah, and I'm sure that kind of makes it a less accessible series. Yeah, like it can be really off-putting. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think I tried to play some SMT game back in the day, and it's just like, uh, what? What am I playing? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's difficult. To yeah, get it. yeah. Like it, it produces an interesting story that is trying to go grapple with some slightly more interesting themes. Yeah, but you know, it's interesting that honestly, most of the ones that come to mind are from Atlas. You know, I'm thinking Radiant Historia. Oh man, that was uh, neat. The Etrian Odyssey games, honestly. It's minimalistic. It's but a I minimalist find, story, but it's a good it's, one. Yeah, especially especially the first one. Yeah, it's the one where they really kind of had an interesting thing going. And yeah. like, we're specifically talking not about the story that Untold tells, which I I can't judge. I haven't played it, but yeah, me neither. The the proper like original Etrian Odyssey one story. Yeah, it kind of throws you for a loop, and to the point where uh, spoilers, it could seem like it's actually a secret SMT game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Atlas Atlas tends to do that. Yeah, that was that was a really good game, but t- to me it's That's like 6 years ago yeah. as well. <laughs> Outside of Atlas games, I I found a lot of the good stories are the ones that seem to be minimalistic. It's like Resonance of Fate, which again focuses on those characters with kind of a weird story just as a backdrop. Yeah, they're like you. F- the story is a function to find out more about the people. Like, the things that happen in Resident Fate, they kind of matter, but it's severely episodic. Yeah. In the sense that tons of things you do have nothing to do with what you're actually doing, but <laughs> not, but not because since you're not actually traveling anywhere, uh, that's you know, like you're not going far from where you started. Like, it doesn't have the excuse of, oh, it's what you did when you got here. It's just, oh, that's what they did at this point, because that's what happened. Yeah. Um, so we're probably going far afield of the original question at this point. But I think well, no, it... I, I wouldn't say so, because, like, it, it's interesting to note, like, the trends of what stories work, that's, and it's like... true. The more, the more you overthink the plot, the more that it can sometimes unravel on you. Like, yeah. I would say that something like... I, I don't want to give the impression that I don't like the game, but I think that FF13 is overplotted. Yeah, I would I would agree that. I mean, it gets to the point where if you want to have a f- good feel of what the heck's going on, you have to look through this encyclopedia. Yeah, you go through the encyclopedia after every major occurrence, and it sort of fleshes out, okay, this is what actually just happened. Yeah. And so it's like, the more that you sort of try to plot through, the more that like you create superfluity rather than depth. Yeah. So I think part of the original question might relate to uh, kind of a lot of JRPGs in recent years being bashed on for story. In a lot of cases, because of because of over verbosity. Verbosity is that a word? Over verbosity. Over over verbosity is probably yeah yeah. I'm sorry. Saying something verbose is already words. Okay, so people have bagged on them a lot for verbosity, which I've I've seen in some of the recent games I've played. Tears to Tiara Two, I'm looking at you, to and be I fair, hate Tears you. To Tiara Two is a visual novel. It's true, but but your it, argument is that it's a bad one. Yes, and it kind of illustrates the point that perhaps there aren't there there's a lack of quality writers in a lot of these JRPGs, and they're trying to do 
they're trying to be like these talky, in-depth RPGs, and when they have good writers, it works. Because if you look at Persona 4... Um, oh, hey, that's fun, and it yeah. explores the team, and it's got good characters. And there's there's a lot of there's a ton of dialogue in there. I'd say that's it's comparable to it's half the draw. Yeah, it's it's the draw, and it's got as much dialogue as your average RPG. Um, but you don't mind you don't mind all that because it's good, and I yeah. think I think that it might be kind of the problem and the reason that a lot of the JRPGs I'm thinking of with good stories stick to more minimalistic things. My my other thought would be that there's that there's a common thread on certain corners of the internet that uh, video game stories are bad, and <laughs> yeah, like, cause... and my response to that would be, video game stories are stories written by people that aren't professional writers, <laughs> and what that tends to produce is the equivalent of an airport novel, <laughs> and it's like that's that's not a knock because you know sometimes those are fun yeah but you know it's it's the sort of thing where it's like okay it was disposable maybe it didn't make a ton of sense or you know something like that but you know yeah, i think it's, well, it wasn't produced with the pure intent of telling a story i think in a lot of cases it can be just hard to match a story up to gameplay it does no yeah, reason. like that that's always an issue is like you know trying to make a story where the gameplay is justified well yeah I mean, it's looking at it from afar. It could be easy to say, "Oh, this, this isn't a great story," and but you're kind of not, not taking into account there's a game, and it has to has to match yeah, up it has with the to gameplay. Match up with what you want the game yes. to do. And looking at it from afar, that doesn't always work perfectly. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad story. It's just a story in a different medium that you're probably trying to compare to some other medium. Yeah, and you know sometimes it's it's playing in a fashion that doesn't really suit its medium. But it's you know I, I wouldn't say that games have a great deal worse stories on average. It's just when you're looking through other media, if you're not an enthusiast of that media, you're only getting the parts that were good. That's that's true, and. It's, Speaking to RPGs specifically, you're spending a long, long time with those. Yeah. And likely so over, you know, consecutive that, days and whatnot. If, yeah, if that unravels, it unravels, you know, it has a much longer time to unravel. Right. So, yeah, video yeah. game stories yeah. kind of went into the broader subject of what makes an excellent one, or at least what makes <laughs> the uh, common complaint that games don't have them. Yes. Uh, as you can tell by some of the ones we mentioned, there have been some recent ones, and it, well, it depends on what kind of story you're looking for, yeah. and what hey, you what like you want anything, out of an you can RPG. Find writers that you want to follow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Atlas games are generally at least half decent. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to FF15's story because again, it seems to be very character focused and simplified. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. But you know, honestly, if you ask us this question if you ask us this question next year our answer is probably going to be another atlas game as well yeah it's it'll just... probably be five. um <laughs> yeah probably so yeah they're out there um i'm not sure if you want you're specifically looking for something in the good story you're just seeing what we had to answer but there you go if you if you have something more specific in this line ask us feel free and yeah uh, we're, we're happy we're clearly happy to expound on this subject uh, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's move on. All right, so you want to read the last question? Yep. Uh, again, law whoops, as all of mine seem to have been. <laughs> <laughs> After George Takei voiced a robot uh, guy in Skylanders Giants, I've been wondering if he should put his voice in an RPG. What kind of character would he be good as? What kind of RPG should he be in? Could he do a more serious role? And my response to that would be just about the same as just about anyone with a distinctive voice. How much are you willing to let them not be trading on their recognizable voice? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, one of my favorite things in, say, uh, to bring up an example, one of my favorite things in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep was, you know, recently departed actor Leonard Nimoy as the villain uh, Xehanort because he was so absurdly evil. Yes. But, but like... <laughs> Because of that, Leonard Nimoy, you could still kind of hear Leonard Nimoy in there, but he was going just full insane supervillain, and it was wonderful to listen to. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the thing. You cast him against type, you use that sort of, like, 
vocal at understanding of vocal range and timbre because otherwise like i think if you just took say george Takei, he's got a very distinctive style of speech you put him in a game you're just gonna hear that's not a character that's george Takei. yeah <laughs> and that could be a negative yeah you know you don't want them to overshadow the character they're playing yeah but yeah no so like i just think they're they're good actors so if they are have good direction they'll be an interesting addition to a cast but I don't yeah. really like stunt casting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just thinking of Mark Hamill and the crazy oh, jo- Joker he does. That I was probably years before Dick I even realized solid, who it was. Solid years. Yeah, and I certainly didn't know until like years later that that was him. Yeah, it was yeah. like, oh man, Luke Skywalker is the Joker. <laughs> uh, but that's he's kind of the definitive Joker to a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's the thing, though. It's it's cool to use these big names, but I think you just gotta let them. If they're really good voice actors, just let them do their thing. And don't necessarily worry about oh, are people gonna recognize who this is? Who cares? Just let them do their if, thing. If, if you give them good direction, they will be the character. And if you write the character well enough, it doesn't matter if they recognized them because it should be good. Yeah, I'm just thinking of uh, Will Wheaton in uh, Codename Steam as this... Uh, yeah, isn't he this, Lincoln? Yes, this goofy, like, Lincoln character that kind of fits the comic book style perfectly. You don't necessarily... You can kind of no, notice it's him, but not not all that much, so... What we're saying is that Star Trek characters are a recipe for success as voice actors. It's, it's true, and there's actually there's more Star Trek actors in that game as well. Uh, Jonathan Frakes and uh, Marina Sirtis have also done a lot of voice acting. I remember uh, Gargoyles is basically a TNG cast reunion when TNG was still kind of on. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe it's time for a Star Trek RPG? Oh, please, don't be still my heart. That's basically <laughs> what I want another Mass Effect game to be. <laughs> uh, I would be all over a Mass Effect-styled Star Trek game. Uh, I would buy the heck out of that. Or a Star Trek-styled Mass Effect game. I'm really not that picky. Yeah, just just add more of that cast. Just, yeah, it's, yeah, more Star Trek people. And thus we have bled this question dry from both directions. Yes. <laughs> we love Star Trek, and also celebrity stunt casting can be okay sometimes, maybe. And if they could mess that all into an RPG, then yes. We but we it's will not buy stunt casting. Then it's just a Star Trek game. That's fine, because we'll buy it. World. They will have our dollars. All right, why don't we wrap this thing up? Yeah. Uh, you can reach us if you'd like to ask more questions, or maybe finally someone will send us a rant or complaints. You are free to complain. We will respond we to your complaints. If you want something to complain at us. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because I always th- used to throw that out there, and I don't think I ever got too many complaints in the I feel mailbag. Like, I feel like people get kind of self-conscious about complaining at you when you invite a complaint. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's it's okay to say you don't like something about the show. We want to improve it, so... We can get better, I swear. Feedback. There we go. That's that's a better way to put it that people may actually send send in. Send us feedback. If you think we can improve something about the show, or anything else. We'd really like to spend half a podcast talking about us. Yes. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you can send any of that in by email at wheels at rpgamer.com. You can post on the forums. Uh, There's a forum thread for each of the episodes. Um, And there's also a link for those threads in the archive page for Q&A Quest. Um, so you can just go to the latest one, leave some questions, and... Oh. Maybe you should finally update your forum signature to point to the newest episode. I probably should, because does that even point to It the doesn't mailbag? even point to the last page of, like, the last uh, normal mailbag article. It points to one that's just, like, in March of 2014. I was going to say, does it even point to the mailbag, or does it point to when it was still just Q&A? <laughs> uh... Yeah, all right, I will update that. You can also reach me on Twitter at AskWheels. Uh, Dave is FanboyMaster on Twitter. Yeah, you probably shouldn't tweet questions at me, but I, I guess I can call it <laughs> a file. Uh, I use auto. I use like autofill in a lot, so sometimes I forget what yeah, people's actual Twitter handles are. It's, it's, autofill-in is bad. 
for memory. It's, it's all one word. There's no capitals or underscores or anything. It's just at Fanboy Master. Okay. Uh, you can also use... I don't think anyone's uh, used the ask.fm, but um, Ask Wheel's on there, too. It, it exists. It it's exists. There. I hope it will send me uh, email notices if anybody has questions there, because I haven't it's been checking it. It out that someone sent, like, three... Thir- questions to you that way Whoops. and you just have seen them. <laughs> uh, you can send in questions here too you can send us in an mp3 audio of a question um, that's a pain for you to edit in and a pain for them to make so it's probably not it's true and um, obviously keep that clean because we're not going to we don't want to fill in the explicit tag no and I think that's it so send us some questions um, we try. I, I try to get in some of the recent ones because we do have a long backlog. So I try to get in some of the recent ones mixed in with the long uh, stack of low whoops questions. So I tend to just sort of pick ones that pick my interest. So oh, well, that's fine. So we're we're attacking we're attacking the backlog from both angles. So your questions will be answered, maybe not in the next Wheels episode, but at some point. I'm a shotgun. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and that's it adios The Spirits be restless.